0: Again, I want to welcome you to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome here to the Modesto campus. Welcome everyone who's watching online right now live. And I want you to know, if it is your very first time here, we want you to know, we're super glad you're here. We're really glad you're here. And we hope that you're very encouraged by being here with us tonight. If it's your second time or your third time and you dared to come back, great job, all right? Great job. We're glad to have you back. Welcome back. And we hope that you're really encouraged. Um, We're a local assembly of believers who have gathered together to worship Jesus Christ. It's why we've come together. And we hope that by you being here, whether it's your first or your second or your third time, or maybe it's your first time in a long time, we hope that tonight is a great encouragement to you. And that you're encouraged while you're here. And as you leave later tonight, you leave encouraged. We are in a series called Grace Transforms, looking at how the grace of God changes us, how God's grace comes into our life and makes us different. And tonight we're going to be looking at one main passage in Matthew chapter 13. So if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 13, you can. But there's also going to be a moment I'm going to reference Ephesians 6 and read a passage from Ephesians 6. So if you want, you can turn to both those places But Matthew chapter 13, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 9 and verses 18 through 23. The majority of the verses that I'll share tonight will be on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible, you'll be able to see them on the screens. But if you don't have a Bible, we want to give one to you. In fact, right after the gathering, you can go to that room right there. It says the altar room. All that is is two doors. And then on the other side of those two doors, we decided to put two more doors, all right? So you just walk through two doors and then you walk through two more doors and it's just a room. We have Bibles in there and we would love to give you a Bible as our gift to you. We would love everyone to be able to have a copy of the Word of God that you would have it and be able to read it. Right after the gathering, you can go into the altar room. We'd love to give you a Bible. I wanna go over a few basics as we get starting here. First is the name of our church, Big Valley Grace Community Church. If I were to put our name into a sentence, I'd put it in this sentence. We want to reach this big central valley with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with his church. We're called Big Valley Grace Community Church for a reason. And we believe if we were to do that, to reach this big central valley with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with his church, that we would accomplish the the purpose of our church, which the purpose of our church is to bring glory to God. And that is the purpose of our lives as individuals. It's to bring glory to God. It's the purpose of our lives collectively as the body of Christ, to bring glory to God. It's what we see the purpose of the organization, Big Valley Grace Community Church. It's to bring glory to God. And we want to live each day on mission for Jesus Christ. That we would love God, that we would love people, and that we'd be about making disciples who love God and love people. Who are about making disciples who love God And love people, and it's just ongoing, on and on and on. To love God, love people, and make disciples, and continue in that cycle. And if we were to take our name, and our purpose, and our mission, and point it in a direction, that's where we get when we talk about the word vision. Vision is setting direction. Setting direction for us to head together. And if we were to take the name, and the purpose, and the mission of our church, and to point it in the direction of our actual neighborhoods... We get a vision that sounds like this. Love your actual neighbor. What does that look like? Well, let me give you a definition. This means every member of the body of Christ being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, evangelizing and discipling our actual neighbors and leading them to do the same. It's the reason we're going through this series. Let me explain. This means every member of the body of Christ. Those are people who believe in Jesus Christ. And we spent two weeks looking at believe. Being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Someone who's being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God is being an incredible influence to everyone around them. We've spent two weeks looking at influence. Evangelizing. Evangelizing is sharing the good news of the gospel and winning people to Jesus Christ. We've spent two weeks looking at win. Discipling our actual neighbors. Discipling is about equipping people to live as followers of Jesus Christ. And we just got done spending two weeks looking at equip, and leading them to do the same. That is the multiplication of disciples in the body of Christ. And this weekend and next weekend, we're looking at multiplying. How can any of this happen? How is it possible that we might actually love our actual neighbor? Well, it's only possible because of the grace of God. Because the grace of God comes into our lives and makes us different. The grace of God comes into our lives and changes us and transforms us. And during this series called Grace Transforms, we've been looking at how grace transforms our lives. That grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven who do a number of things. Who believe and influence and win and equip. And now, this weekend, we're looking at who multiply Through Jesus Christ. Grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven who multiply through Jesus Christ. So we're gonna get into this passage. This passage is Matthew chapter 13. I'm gonna read verses one through nine, and then I'm gonna teach through the second part of this passage. But we need to understand this situation. So I wanna want you to imagine that we're in a field, and that's easy to imagine in this area right that we're in a field right especially during this time of year just look for the cloud of dust right and you'll know where the field is so imagine that we're in a field and as we're in this field together Jesus Christ shares this story it says that same day this is Matthew 13:1 that same day Jesus went out of the house and he sat beside the sea and the great crowds gathered about him So he got in a boat and he sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many parables, including this one, saying, a sower went out to sow. And this is not referring to a seamstress, but someone who is planting. A sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. here so Jesus is in a boat the crowds on the shore and he's telling them a story about a field and it's a pretty simple story in that there's a field and there's someone putting seed into the dirt and there's four places where the seed falls and as the seed falls in the four different locations there's a different outcome in each of those locations So, after he shares this parable, he then goes on to talk about the purpose of parables, which we're gonna look at, actually, around Thanksgiving time together. So we're gonna skip past that next little section, and we're gonna skip forward to verse 18, where he begins to share the purpose of this parable, what this parable means. And I wanna share with you this thought, that in this parable, There are three threats to multiplication as that seed is multiplying. We plant the seed in the ground, and it multiplies into something more. And the parable he shares, he explains three threats to multiplication. And we're going to look at each of those three threats before we look at the opportunity of the multiplication that's possible. Threat number one is hearing the word and having no understanding. Hearing the word and having no understanding. That is a threat to the multiplication of the word of God. Is that a person would hear the word and have no understanding. In verse 18, he now explains the parable. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart this is what was sown along the path. Wow. What an explanation of what happens. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one is doing something in that moment. The evil one, Satan, comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. He explains, this is what was sown along the path. So, He's no longer talking about crows, right? So crows are what he's explained in the beginning of the parable. When he tells the parable, he explains crows. Here's a picture of crows that are in a field, right? And it's hard to see, but there's crows all along the ground here. And those crows are picking at seeds on the ground. And in the parable, he explains, this is something you see in a field that's pretty natural, it's pretty common. But when the word of God is sown, something like this takes place. And that is, the evil one actually comes like a crow to pick the seed, but the evil one is coming and snatching the word of God out of people's hearts. That is a description of present-day demonic activity. That the evil one is actively coming and stealing the word of God out of people's hearts. It's why in Ephesians 6, which we'll read together later... It talks about the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. That doesn't sound good to you, does it? That the devil has schemes? It says the schemes of the devil for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And blood. There's a supernatural war that's taking place. It's a demonic, there is demonic activity. We have an enemy. Our enemy's not the person sitting next to you or the person back at the house or the person across from you at work. We have an enemy. The enemy is Satan himself. Wow. What a strong picture. What a strong picture of a threat. We'll talk about what to do about that threat when we get to the opportunity. Threat number two is someone who hears the Word of God and has no application. They hear the Word of God, but they have no application. In verse 20, it says, as for what was sown on rocky ground, so now he's explaining it, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. This is someone who has the word of God, but the word of God doesn't have them. Right? They have the word of God. They're in the vicinity of the word of God. The word of God is near them, but the word of God hasn't taken a hold of them. The word of God hasn't gripped them. They've received it with joy, but the word of God has no roots in their life. And so they endure for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, because the word hasn't gripped them, the word hasn't taken root in them, they immediately fall away when things get difficult. It reminds me of in James, it talks about someone who's a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like someone who looks at himself in a mirror and then goes away and immediately forgets what he was like. If I have the word of God and I hear it, but I don't apply it to my life, it's like looking in a mirror, looking into the word of God, but then walking away and immediately forgetting what I saw. Having the word of God, but immediately forgetting it when I walk away from it. And that's a threat. That's a threat to the word of God being multiplied when somebody hears the word but has no application. Things get difficult. Sometimes things get difficult because of the word. Things get difficult. And for the word of God to take root in our lives and for us to welcome that, We'll talk about how that's an opportunity to combat this threat. Threat number three is hearing the word and having no priority. In verse 22, it says, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. Wow. There's a lot to worry about in life, right? Right? There's a lot of things that come up in life. There's a lot of situations in life. And it's saying some seed, it's like it's among thorns, but it's not about thorns in a field. It's about the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. There is an, there's a really sad verse in scripture. It's 2 Timothy 4.10, and, and Paul is writing to Timothy, and he, he makes this statement. He says, Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. In other words, the word was near, but it had no priority in the life of Demas. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked out the word in the life of Demas and he was in love with the present world, and he deserted the Apostle Paul. What a strong statement. Like, what a horrible thing to have your name written forever in, in Scripture about, right? Like, what a bummer. If your name Demas, we have prayer available after the gatherings. Right here. We want to pray for you, all right? Man, that's tough. That's a tough one. So these three threats, hearing the word and having no understanding, hearing the word and having no application, hearing the word and having no priority. Well, the passage doesn't end there, which is fantastic, because it really moves into the opportunity. And here's two opportunities for multiplication, two opportunities for multiplication. And as we look at these opportunities, let's ask, are we ready? Are we ready for these opportunities to take hold in our life? Opportunity number one is to hear and understand the word, to hear and understand the word. In verse 23, it says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. What a simple and beautiful statement. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. What an awesome picture in the life of a person that they would hear the word and understand the word. Now, in the prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, we have it recorded in Matthew chapter six. In that prayer, At the end of the prayer, it says deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one. Maybe you've heard it. Well, what God's not asking us to do is to put up a scarecrow. All right, here's a picture of a scarecrow because there's crows hunting down seed. The solution is not a scarecrow. The solution is God's asking us to put on the armor of God. Okay, now, When you put armor on, you don't put armor on sitting down. You put armor on standing up. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to read the armor of God over our church family as we stand before God right now. If you'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter six and follow along with me, you're welcome to do that. And if you'd like to stand as I read the armor of God over our church family, you may stand at this time. We have a real enemy and there is a real attack that is taking place and it is a real threat to the multiplication of the word of God in our lives. And we're not to put a scarecrow up. We're to put on the armor of God. So let's put it on right now together. This is the word of the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains so that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Does that sound like Be a scarecrow, scare away the crow. Or does that sound like you're in a battle, so put on the armor of God and stand in the battle? Father God, Lord, would you help us to do what this passage says? Would you help us to put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand in the battle in the evil day? against the evil one, by your power, by your grace. Not anything that we do, but all because of you. We trust in Jesus Christ and in his name alone, and we're asking, as your kids, would you help us stand with the armor of God on and stand in the battle? And all of God's family said, amen. 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 You may be seated. We need to encourage each other to stand. Encourage each other in the battle that we're in. It's a real battle and there's a real threat. There's real threats to multiplication. Real threats to the word of God being multiplied in our own lives and in the lives of others. Opportunity number one is to hear and understand the word of God. That we'd let it really come into our life. We'd soak in it. We'd be saturated in the word of God. That as we're in the battle, and things get heated, and things get tough, and our lives get squeezed, the word of God would be what comes out. Like a sponge that soaked up the truth. And as we get squeezed in the day of battle, may the word of God be what comes out. Opportunity number one is hear and understand the word. First Peter 1, 23 says we've been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of an imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. We have life in Jesus Christ. Opportunity number two, apply and prioritize the word. So if the threats against multiplication are no understanding, no application, no priority, then really the opportunity is to hear and understand the word and to apply and prioritize the word. That we would allow the word to be applied to our life, to take root in our life. That we would allow the word to be prioritized in our life. That we wouldn't prioritize the deceitfulness of riches or the cares of this word, world above the priority of the word of God in our lives. That we would allow the word of God in our lives to be directing as the source of truth that we we have. That the word of God would direct our lives. The Holy Spirit of God would direct our lives. Look at what this passage describes when the opportunity to both hear and understand the word and to apply and prioritize the word, let's look at what the result is in verse 23 in Matthew chapter 13. So the person who hears and understands the word, the word's been applied to their life, the word's been prioritized to their life, says he indeed bears fruit and yields. That is an incredible statement. He indeed bears fruit and yields. Have you thought recently that your life is to be bearing fruit for God? Have you thought recently that your life is to be yielding, producing a crop. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold. Wow, that sounds good. In another 60, that sounds good too. And in another 30, all of that sounds really good. All of that is exponential multiplication in people's lives. Incredible. That is so different than the threats of someone who hears the word and has no understanding, hears the word, has no application, hears the word and has no priority. But what an incredible opportunity exists for someone to hear and understand the word of God and to apply and prioritize the word of God into their life, that they might be a living example of this verse, Matthew 13, 23. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, in another, 60, and in another, 30. 30. What an incredible picture of the word of God multiplying in a person's life. Our school this last year, the chapel theme for our school was be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. And it came from the same verse that I shared about the mirror. Because in James 21 and 25, it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. No hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. And he will be blessed In his doing, in other words, he will bear fruit and yield. If you hear the word and do it, you're gonna be blessed in doing it. And there's gonna be fruit that's born in your life and you're gonna yield in your life. And in one case, it's gonna be a hundredfold. And in another case, it's gonna be 60. And in another case, it's gonna be 30. There's gonna be multiplication of the word of God in your life. A great question I asked myself this week. What seed of the word of God is multiplying in me right now? How about you? What seed of the Word of God is multiplying in your life right now? What an exciting thing to ask ourselves as we see that it's God's intention that we would bear fruit and yield in an exponential manner. To ask God, what is the piece of the Word of God that you are wanting to explode with growth? in my life right now. I began to think of other people around me, of how am I seeing the word of God explode with growth in someone's life around me? That was a really, really great moment. One of the things that God brought to my mind is in my wife. A very particular verse. In James 1, 26, it says, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religious religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, to keep oneself unstained from the world. And I thought, wow, what God's done in my wife's heart regarding those who have no home, children who have no home, wow, I've seen the word of God explode with multiplication in her life. So I went and told her. I see the word of God in your life with this verse. How are you seeing the word of God in the people around you? Are you telling them? I would encourage you to tell them. If you see the word of God multiplying in the life of someone around you, I'd encourage you to go to them, encourage that person, encourage, be part of the watering, right? Be part of the, the sunlight on that seed, right? You be a part of the, the good stuff in, you know, in, the, in, the, in the parable sense of the, of, the, of, the, of the seed in the field. You be a part of that good stuff that's going on in the soil and the sunlight and the water to encourage that person. How are you encouraging the word of God? that's growing in someone else's life. I'd encourage you to do that. We see this in the life of the apostles in amazing ways in the book of Acts. In fact, so many, I had to narrow it down just a few because there was just way too many. Acts 2, 41, those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls, explosive multiplication because of the word of God, incredible Incredible. In Acts 2.47, this one's not gonna come up. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Acts 5.14, this one's not gonna come up either. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. How about this one, Acts 6.7? And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Wow. Wow. The word of God continued to increase. It's bearing fruit, and it's yielding. In some cases, a hundredfold. In some t- cases, 60. In some cases, 30. The point is, there's exponential growth happening because of how the word of God is changing people's lives. In Acts 9.31, it says, So, the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and it multiplied. For a whole year, in Acts eleven twenty six, 26, for a whole year they met with the church and they taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So here we see churches being developed. Incredible. This is a picture out of the back of my Bible. I don't know if your Bible has maps in it. My Bible has maps in it. I love looking at this map as I'm reading Acts. It's so helpful to look at the map as I'm reading through Acts. This particular map is showing Paul's first and second missionary journey. So Jerusalem's right here and his first missionary journey kind of like goes right here. His second missionary journey kind of takes around all the way over to here. And it's saying in this location right here, that was the first place in Antioch. That was the first place that Christians, they were called Christians, right here. He journeyed up to here. He's sharing the gospel right there. I mean, this is literally a picture of the word of God making its way around that area. It's incredible, totally incredible. Here's a picture of our Global Reach partners and their locations around the globe. As a part of the ministry of Big Valley Grace Community Church, when you bring gifts, financial contributions to the ministry of Big Valley Grace, right, in worship to Jesus, you are a part of this. The word of God being multiplied in all these places around the globe. You are a part of that. The word of God being multiplied through our global reach partners. Incredible. In Acts 12, 24, it says, but the word of God increased and multiplied. Wow. Right there. Real short. Look how powerful that verse is. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Acts 13, 44. it says the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Can you imagine what that would look like for a whole city to gather? Here we have a whole city being impacted. I mean, what an incredible picture. What would it look like right here if this said this? Um, next weekend, almost the whole Modesto gathered to hear the word of the Lord. I don't want to leave some of you out. The next weekend, almost the whole Salida gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Some of you are still feeling left out. The next weekend, almost the whole Keys. Anyone from Keys? The whole Keys gathered to hear the, can you imagine what it would be like for an entire city to come together? Acts 14, 23. When they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Here we have a picture of the word of God is multiplying so much. It's multiplying in churches. It's multiplying in cities. They're now establishing leaders in all those places to bring some organization and some leadership to these churches. It's the very reason why we have elders at this church, at Big Valley Grace Community Church. Because the word of God multiplied from that map I showed you all the way around the world to this location. The word of God just kept multiplying all the way till it got to Manesto, And there was a need for leaders to be put in place for the church that the word of God had multiplied to. I want to give you another picture. I hope you never look at the table of contents the same again. When you look at the table of contents in your Bible, this is an orderly account of how the word of God multiplied through people and through locations. The word of God, the living word of God shows up in Jesus Christ, the word, the living word. And these are gospel accounts of the ministry of the word, the living word at work. In Acts, you have the word of God now multiplying through the apostles. When you get to Romans all the way to Philemon, You have an account of the word of God multiplying through the apostle Paul to all of these places he went to in the cities and in the leaders that he invested in. Incredible picture of the word of God multiplying through groups of people into cities, through leaders. You have others besides Paul who have now written. Man, you get to the end. Imagine the picture of the word of God multiplied when we are standing before Jesus Christ and every person that the word of God multiplied to is standing before Jesus Christ with you in heaven worshiping the living word of God that has multiplied in them. That is going to be incredible. Wow. So, in this list right here, you have the Word of God, the living Word of God showing up in person in the flesh in Jesus Christ. And it ends with the book of Revelation, where you have the living Word of God being worshiped by all who the living Word of God has changed their life. That is incredible. May your table of contents never be boring again. Acts 19.10, it says, this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Can you imagine that it would be said of an, of an area, this continued for two years so that all the residents of that area heard the word of the Lord? I'm actually gonna teach on this passage right here in two weeks, so I'll just share this. It was the, part of the goal of why I wanted us to go through this series, and the goal is that there would be exponential discipleship. Exponential discipleship, a God-sized goal, that there would be exponential discipleship. Let's, let's look at this verse and look at it a little different, okay? What if all the residents of your neighborhood heard the word of the Lord? All the residents of the west side heard the word of the Lord. All the residents of the north side heard the word, of, all the residents of the south side heard the word of the Lord. All the residents of the east side, that's where I live, All the residents of the east side heard the word of the Lord. All the residents of Modesto heard the word of the Lord. All the residents of Ceres heard the word of the Lord. Can you imagine your street name being in this blank right here? That all the residents of the people who live on your street heard the word of the Lord. That the word of God would have multiplied and saturated the very neighborhood you live in. Incredible to think about. It's why we've been sharing this vision to love your actual neighbor. This means every member of the body of Christ being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, evangelizing and discipling our actual neighbors and leading them to do the same. You know, as we think about the future here, let's just think about the future here for a moment. We have three campuses. We have one church with three campuses. We have one mission. One church, three campuses, one mission. Love God, love people, make disciples. I wonder what God might wanna do in expanding campuses in the future of this church. I mean, we've talked a little bit about campus multiplication and expansion. We've been praying about the possibility of a fourth campus north. We've been starting to pray and set funds aside for the possibility of a youth center in our series campus. I mean, we have campus expansion that's even happening here on the Modesto campus. It was back in, you know, 2015 that we started a building project. You can go right out there. You can see. Right There's 17,000 square feet of portable space that needs to be replaced. But we hit pause in 2020 because of the uncertainty of what was going on with COVID-19. Now, you can go right out here, this direction right here, you'll see a picture that looks just like this, okay? This is what it looks like in that location. There's a big dirt area. And that big dirt area, there's been a whole lot of work to get to that big dirt area right there. People have given faithfully for years to get permits, hire architects, engineers, pay the city of Modesto CFD fees. We put in a playground out at the end. We put lighting all the way around, landscaping, fencing. There's a whole new roadway that goes around the whole you know, the whole campus. A new parking area. There's been improvements to the Snyder entrance right out here. All to clear the site to prepare for this right here. All those things have been done in preparation of this right here. Now, the vision, though, is to actually that there be a building there. Right? Because a half-built building doesn't help anybody, right? Or just the foundation doesn't help anybody. There actually needs to be, there actually needs to be a completed building. Here's what a photo of the elevations of what that building will look like. Okay? This building's gonna provide much needed space for children's classrooms that'll help us even better utilize the rest of the campus the way it's currently being utilized for, for all, all kinds of stuff, including adult ministries. You know, as we think about our campuses, our campuses are equipping centers to equip the church family, to commission the church family to go out into the mission field, to go out into the mission field, to reach people for Jesus Christ. Our campuses are locations where we're wanting the word of God to saturate and equip our lives so that we might be commissioned and sent out for what God would have us to go do. And we've been praying. We've been praying about this specifically. But what should we do here? What should we do here? And I want to give you an update on that. We've been praying specifically about when. When should we relaunch this building project? And I want to share with you. After praying, after discussing, after getting outside counsel, after the leadership of our church working through this, we believe that in this next year, the best focus, first focus yeah, for us is that we keep focusing on the vision, the vision for our church. So the- keep focusing on pointing our name and our mission and our purpose in the direction of our vision and continue to to work through that together as a church and to look forward 12 to 15 months out that we would re-engage this building project. And so I want to encourage you to be praying about that, that this next year we'd be praying about 12 to 15 months out from now we'd be re-engaging this building project, see what God might want to do. Now, there's a lot of people who have given very faithfully to all that's happened, and I want to say thanks. The list of things that I read off earlier, those are possible because of the way you've been so faithful to bring gifts to this building project. And I'd encourage you to keep giving to it. My family and I, along with you, we've been giving to this building campaign since we started in 2015, and my family continues to give monthly to it. And I'd encourage you to do the same. But we're gonna really relaunch the focus of a capital campaign to finish that building. We're looking at 12 to 15 months out. Now, pull it back. I'm so excited about what God's doing at Big Valley Grace Community Church. Let me show you a picture. This is a picture of a map that we pulled from our database of everyone who is a part of our church family, okay? So right here in the big hunk of purple, that's Modesto, okay? Modesto's the hunk of purple, right? And you can see what God is doing in our church family, how the word of God has been multiplied to so many people in our church family. And I want you to know, as I look at this, I go, wow, how is the word of God going to continue to multiply? What are neighborhoods where there's just one person a part of our church who's a part of that neighborhood and the word of God is gonna multiply through that one person on that one street to where the word of God's gonna multiply to more people on that street? How's the word of God gonna multiply into some areas where there's not anyone represented and the word of God's gonna travel through people into some new areas where there's gonna be some new places? How does the word of God how is God wanting to multiply his word through us as we look to the future of Big Valley Grace? I tell you, that excites me so much to think about that, about the impact of the, of the fruit that God wants to bear through us as a church family. i me close with this. When I was 40, my parents handed me this baton. My parents sat down with me and my wife, and they explained to me the impact of the Word of God on their life. And they said, Joel, what we've done is on sheets of paper, we've written down many, many special verses to us from the Word of God. And we've rolled these up like a scroll, and we've attached it to this baton And we're passing the baton of the word of God, the mantle of the word of God in our family to you. It's been multiplied in our lives and we're passing the baton to you. May the word of God be multiplied in your life. What an encouragement that was that my parents would pass the baton of the word of God to me. And it makes me think about a few things. One, Are we all holding the word of God? Are we all holding the baton of the word of God together? I'd encourage you to be holding the baton of the word of God right now. But I also encourage you, who are you passing it to? Who are you passing the baton of the word of God to? That we might be a church family that literally sees this passage come to life in us as the word of God multiplies through us. Let's stand together. Father God, Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to come together to worship you, to be in fellowship. Lord, thank you for those who are here for the first, second, third time. We're so glad they're here. And God, thank you that you're not done with us yet. And you got a great work. You're planting in our lives and you want to bear fruit and yield in our lives. And God, may we receive your word well, and may it do a great work in us. Lord, we're looking forward to seeing how you're going to multiply the word through our lives into other people's lives. That is so exciting to think about, and God, we're asking for it. Please do that, and I pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's family said, amen.